Welcome to People Tech, the podcast of the HCM Technology Report. I'm Mark Pfeffer. My guest today is Siobhan Savage, the CEO of Rejig. Rejig is a workforce intelligence platform that helps companies understand the dynamics of their workforce, whether they're recruiting, reskilling, or mobilizing their talent. Not only does Rejig incorporate AI into their products, the team thinks a lot about its implications. So, we're going to talk about where AI can be used in HR, the shadows at play with AI in HR and other implications, and if something goes wrong, who's responsible, you or the AI? That's all on this edition of People Tech. Hi, Siobhan. Welcome. Um, tell me about Rejig. I mean, what, what do you do? Rejig is a workforce intelligence platform. So we essentially help organizations have full visibility of all of the skills and work required within their organization. And then we help them find, move, mobilize, and, and reskill their workforce. So we're like that central nervous system that's really do, do, driving decision-making support for organizations to make really good and fair decisions when it comes to their people. And where are you getting the data from? So Rejig is an aggregator of information across many different systems. So organizations are sitting with a gold mine of data about their people. And what Rejig is doing is, is it bringing all that data together to give you sort of a 3D profile of every single individual. We'll tell you what the person has done before you, what they've done while with you, but more importantly, using predictive intelligence, what they could do next. And we take that data from, imagine when someone applies for an opportunity within your company, their CV. Imagine all of the different projects and learnings and gigs that they've done within your company. We then pull that information in together. And then folks are able to add information to that, their LinkedIn, and any sort of information that tells them about career aspirations and passions. So we pull that all together to give one beautiful story about the individual sort of backpack of skills that they've collected their whole career and what they want to do next um, in that career as well. Could you give me a little bit of history about the company and what gave you the idea for it, for one thing? My background, so I'm not a traditional CEO of a technology company. Um, My previous career was, well, my first career was I started in recruitment, and then I sort of worked my way into workforce strategy. So in my previous career, I was responsible for sort of large global scale uh, talent acquisition teams, talent mobility, workforce strategy, and our diversity and inclusion um, efforts at our company. And I had no idea who any of my people were. So we would be asking people on a regular basis, please give us your data, tell us who you are, because we want to, you know, move you onto new projects, or we want to be able to mobilize you around the workforce. But we had no idea who anyone was. No one would complete this information. So we weren't able to move folks from, you know, projects and and, and assignments that needed to be redeployed into meaningful work. Yet we were sort of hiring thousands of people on one side of my business while letting folks go on the other side. So that was really kind of the back sort of burning problem that I was having at the time. And I just couldn't understand how we couldn't solve this. Given the, the, the technology advancements everywhere else, across you know organizations that the people space just seemed to lack innovation to sort of really drive that data decision making support 
Um, so we started Rejig a couple of years ago, sort of three founders, sort of my expertise is in sort of workforce strategy. And I've really lived and breathed this problem my whole career. And then Xu Zhang, she's got a PhD in machine learning. So she's an expert in the data, the ethical AI, and, and, and Mike Reed is um, CTO and delivery, and he's responsible for cyber and software and that sort of main infrastructure. So, you know, three of us together are really sort of solving this problem with such a beautiful um, perspective of the world as well, given that we've all sort of coming from different skill sets ourselves. So, you know, really Rejig is born from a place of we are so obsessed with solving this problem because we've had it and we've designed a technology to really enable organizations to do this at scale now. It, it, you know, as a corollary, it's it's an interesting career path you've had. And I, know. You know, I wonder if you could could focus on that for a minute and tell me about, um, you know, how you went from the front lines of HR into being a technology CEO. It's a, it's a very non-traditional pathway. If I knew that this would, where, where life would end it up, I, I would not have got that right. No algorithm would ever probably recommend me into this job. Um, but it's interesting. So when you started in my early career in recruitment, and I think any listener now will n- like never intended to end up in recruitment. Like it's not a path that you kind of wake up and go, I'm going to be a recruiter. That happened. But what the beautiful thing about being a recruiter is that you get this really diverse blend of skills from influencing to selling to data analysis when you think about like market mapping and all of the stuff that we were we were doing there as well from a manual perspective um and then that led to what sort of we would have called in my company resource management so it's kind of like mobility the way that people are describing talent marketplace right now so I then took over really looking after that resource management side of the business, which was really great because it gave me that commercial lens. So I was now sitting with the business and for every sort of time we didn't have folks in opportunities, the business actually wouldn't do so well. And that was really my first kind of lean into really figuring out that, hold on a second, when we talk about having a seat at the table from a HR perspective, it gave me that sort of look into, hold on, I know how I can be valuable here. And if I can help move my people to opportunity, I can actually unlock potential for my business. And that was really the start of that commercial lens. Look, I, I don't think that I ever dreamt of ever being in this situation. But weirdly, if you look at the skills that I have collected, a lot of them that I had in my previous career, I'm using today. And, you know, there's a lot of skills that we collect as practitioners you know, from from whether it's the strategy to the influencing to the change management to, you know, really driving that business delivery to the strategy that um, I picked up. So the path wasn't traditional. I don't have a technology background. Um, but interestingly, I think the more that the space in the in the talent and HR work tech is changing, we're seeing a lot more talent professionals really lean in to start to understand, especially the regenerative AI, right? You know, everyone, every single person that I know is talking about this and the impacts of this on work, on tech, on jobs. So there was really an evolution for me of like really falling down a rabbit hole when it came to ethical AI and understanding the impacts of using that in, in decision-making support when it came to people. Um, so there was this kind of chain sequence of events for me that led to then me being in that that CEO role. I think like there's a way I would describe always just on time learning. 
you know, like in this role, like I'm looking at everything from go to market to building teams, to technology strategy, to investment and VC, to all of this. And it's not skills for you that you would ever have picked up, right, from a practitioner's point of view. So it's 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 kind of like just on time learning to, to get there, which really shows the point of, you know, these micro bite-sized pieces of learning to be able to evolve your skill set in, in what we're doing today. So still learning as a CEO, but it's definitely not a traditional path that we see um, CEOs coming from in the HR perspective. Do you love news about LinkedIn, Indeed, Google, and just about every other recruitment tech company out there? Hell yeah. I'm Chad. I'm Cheese. We're the Chad and Cheese Podcast. All the latest recruiting news and insights are on our show. Dripping in snark and attitude. Subscribe today wherever you listen to your podcasts. We We out. You know, your your background, you know, it's given you knowledge, it's given you experience with recruiting in, in HR. How does that sort of fit into your approach to running the company? Yeah, and it's a really good question because what I learned, I probably have had to unlearn quite a lot, if I'm honest. Um, so I'll give you an example. When we were hiring, like we grew really quickly and we hired, you know, really fast and you kind of think that you know you're going to bring in people and then it's all great but actually the recruitment part was actually not the hardest part for us it was the when you're building a company and actually figuring out what folks will do when they get there became like the biggest problem to solve for me at that time you know like if you're building a company you're kind of building the the plane while jumping off the cliff and you hire all these people in and suddenly you actually have to figure out how to actually get folks to an ability to know what they need to do every day. And that was one part where in my old career, we would have just hired and give them over to the business. And we wouldn't have really had to think too much other than the entry point of the onboarding. But now we had to design structures and systems and documentation pathways and workflows and policies and all of this stuff that like I had never really got involved in before, um, which was really interesting. And and if we did not do that fast enough, folks would be impacted from an engagement perspective. So, you know, I think a lot of what my previous career had taught me was very much so about, you know, bringing folks in and getting great people. But then there was that sort of handover point that I'd never actually got involved in. So I had to painfully learn that experience of then now being a manager on the other side of the of the fence, now actually receiving the talent. And then how do we unlock the potential of these individuals? So that was a really big learning for me around designing a business where actually folks knew what they needed to do to be successful. And that the hiring part was only tiny, tiny part of the success story because actually bringing them in and, and giving them the tools and enablement to be able to feel successful in the rule was, was really critical. And that was, that was, that was a really big steep learning curve for me in this experience that we had to, we had to figure out. And we're still trying to figure it out because I'm sure you'll know, like the remote culture building is probably one of the hardest things I've ever had to do from a people perspective. Um, Really. When we think about where my workforce is, we're all over the world all in different time zones. And that's been a massive learning cover. And I'm sure other folks are finding the same experience. It's just such a different way of having to build that culture. Um, So if anyone's got any tips, we'd love them. (laughs) Shifting subjects um, a little bit. You know, a, a year ago, there was a lot of talk about AI and, you know, a lot of work being done on it. But then 
chat GPT came out in November and, and all of a sudden it's, it's everywhere. And I'm kind of curious about, you know, where you think that technology is in terms of, you know, being picked up and, and leveraged by HR functions. Uh, they, they seem to be using it a lot, but, you know, are they using it a lot and, and are, are they going about it the right way and using it the right way? I think the the time that we are in right now, Mark, as practitioners, is possibly one of the most exciting things that will ever happen in our careers. You know, like we will never see transformation as aggressively as this, I think, in my career anyway, which is incredibly exciting, but also comes with that stomach of nervousness and the uncertainty and the unknown. And I think the one thing I would say is that, yes, there's a lot of talk and a lot of hype and whether you're looking in the HR space or whether it's from, you know, everyone talking about it in, 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 in the news and everywhere you kind of turn, it's, it's everywhere. There is an incredible opportunity for us to really think about a couple of different ways of, of thinking about this in the HR space. There's the practical use case of enabling you to have a co-pilot to take some of your repetitive tasks and free you up to do meaningful work. So that's an, that's a really exciting Thing. like think about you know you're driving along in your car and you've got someone in the passenger side seat kind of giving you a steer of, of what's coming up we should be using this as a thought partner right in terms of like that back and forth thing and, and then also giving away our tasks that are kind of repetitive we're trialing a lot of it in our internal um, ops right now in my team um, and we're seeing some incredible successes across every single department and that's all really exciting but then the shadow side of this, which we have to lean into, especially when we're thinking about from the people space, you know, whether a human or a robot makes a decision. And if you discriminate, you are liable. Right. You break the law. Facts. Human or robot doesn't matter. Like, let's just that that's as simple as it, it should be in our heads. Right. And I think there's a couple of not concerns that I would have. There's a couple of things I would say folks need to be aware of. And I think, you know, from a HR perspective, we absolutely need to educate and educate as fast as we can to understand the use case of this, how we could use it. And then we need to talk to risk and think about the risk of, you know, what is the risk of this on my current employees? Right. And what is the risk on this on my future employee? So this is an incredible, you know, tool for us to think about from a people perspective. But the shadow side of this is we need to consider the risk. So the questions that I would be asking myself in my old role is, well, what is the risk of this on my current people? And what is the risk for this on my future employees? Mm -hmm. And when you think about the large language models that are in the market, these are not large language models that have been you know, brought into an environment and are secure. These are publicly open access models. So any usage of this that gives away any personal data you should not do it because you cannot unravel that, you know, like with GDPR and with laws around the world that it comes to privacy as well. Like you don't have consent to put any information into this because you cannot unravel that algorithm. So there's a lot of things that need to be considered that if you start giving it data that you shouldn't be, that will cause, you know, you and the, your organization a, a lot of harm because you should not be doing that. So I think there's two parts to it. There's the, you know, absolutely educate yourself as fast as you can on the potential good and then think about the shadow side of this on the impact of your current people, the impact of your future people. And then what are the implications when it comes to, you know, privacy and security and the risk of the data usage within this as well? You know, from a rejig perspective, we do not give it any people data. 
We will not give it any people data. We've got a blanket rule across the company that we will not give it any people decisions. So our algorithms are powered by independently audited ethical AI, which will not have the large language models from public domains in there. And that's so that we can control what's happening with the data so that we have an audit trail of exactly decision-making in that algorithm itself. I think just be very careful. There's a lot of vendors now adopting this and everyone's putting it in their product to say that they've got ChatGPT inside their product. And that's sure exciting and great from a marketing buzzword, but the risk component of that for your organization, you know, is something that needs to be checked. And, you know, you're going to, you're going to see the relationship between the people team and the risk and privacy team being one of these new best friend relationships and companies now, because, you know, these folks have got to partner up when it comes to making good and fair decisions of technology usage within the organization. But what I can tell you is every CEO around the world and every board around the world is now talking about how can we optimize our workforce? Where can we bring this technology into our workforce today to find meaningful ways of unlocking potential within our organization? Look at productivity levels now in the US. Like look at the, you know, the conversation around, you know, our people are not, you know, productive, like we are in potential recessionary conditions. Every CEO and board has this front of mind. And what they're trying to figure out right now is how can I use this in my workforce without causing any harm? So the practitioners that are listening to this, like absolutely upskill yourself as fast as possible to get that view, because this is something that, you know, will absolutely drive competitiveness within your organization and, and is something that you will adopt, but it's just making sure you adopt it in, the, in that safe way as well to make sure that you're not causing any harm. Well, thank you very much. I mean, it's been really fascinating talking with you and, and I'm really grateful for your time. No problem at all. My guest today has been Siobhan Savage, the CEO of Region. And this has been People Tech, the podcast of the HCM Technology Report. We're a publication of Recruiting Daily. We're also a part of Evergreen Podcasts. To see all of their programs, visit www.evergreenpodcast.com. And to keep up with HR technology, visit the HCM Technology Report every day. We're the most trusted source of news in the HR tech industry. Find us at www.hcmtechnologyreport.com. I'm Mark Pfeffer. Faith in the news media has been challenged, making it even harder to get stories told. The Friday Reporter podcast was created to help audiences better understand the media by hosting journalists who will answer the questions to which we need answers. Join me every Friday to hear more. The world's best-known investor and Wall Street expert Warren Buffett once said, Wall Street is the only place that people ride to in a Rolls Royce to get advice from those who take the subway. Mr. Buffett's quote is remarkably accurate, but how many people would rather receive advice from him than someone simply guessing? Welcome to Buy, Hold, Sell, your single source for Wall Street knowledge and profitable guidance. Please join me, Todd Schoenberger, and fellow trader Tobin Smith, as well as host Veronica Dudo, for a podcast known to move the needle for investors. 
Tobin and I are seasoned Wall Street executives with deep investment experience, and we are prepared to share our advice to those who choose to listen. Download Buy, Hold, Sell today on the Evergreen Podcast Network or your favorite podcast channel.